back to other people's lives. I'm your host, Joe Sanagato. I'm your host, Greg Dybeck. Just a reminder, we do have a Patreon set up, which is a crowdsourcing website. Uh, so if you want to support the show, it only costs a dollar. You can head on over to patreon.com slash OPL show. We do have bonus episodes up there. Uh, for instance, we did a follow-up episode with a woman who was cheating on her husband. This is an old episode that we did from last season. Uh, and now you can find out if she's still cheating on him or if her husband uh, found out or anything like that. We do have an episode up there right now that you can check out. Also, uh, Greg and I uh, occasionally do a Ask Greg and Joe where you send in questions and we answer them. Um, but yeah, it only costs a dollar, so go check that out. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash OPL show. Anyway, Greg, uh, what do we have today? Today, full disclosure, we're talking to a friend of mine, someone that I know. Okay. I don't know how I never thought to have this person on before. Yeah. It makes no sense. But this guy, Max, he basically, I think he's, he's the type of person who kind of acted on a universal desire that we all have, right. which is to basically say, fuck it and live your life and pack up your things, pack up your things and go. So he quit his job, took his savings, purchased a van and traveled the country for, I, th- I think it was about a year. Wow. Um, just all over the U S in a van living out of the van that's wild, man. Yeah. That's that stuff that you like see on like Instagram and you're like, wow, like this would be awesome. But you never do it because you're like, I got work tomorrow. I can't do this shit. Exactly. But some <laughs> people just go, I, I have a friend also, which ironically, his name is Max, which is weird. You just said his friend, his name is Max, right? Yeah. yeah so this kid's name is Max. He Maybe actually is just the thing Maxes do. I guess. And he, uh, he did the same thing where he was like an engineer. He was living in like San Diego at the time. And then he was just like, fuck it. He's been traveling and he comes back and he works a little bit and then he travels and he actually works for pay out there too to like get by. Like he'll take Just finding jobs. ways to make money. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's just like, it's awesome. Like it's wild. It's so, it's so desirable, but it's so scary. It's courageous. It is. I, because I, I couldn't bring myself to that point. And I think so many people... They do have that desire, it's, right. especially if you find yourself in a job or, or career where you're not 100% happy. It's not, you know, bringing you satisfaction. Yeah. I mean, so many jobs are, I mean, it's, it's yeah. pretty hard not to get stuck in a routine. Um, the other thing is he's, I believe 28 or mm-hmm. was, you know, definitely mid, mid twenties when he did age this to do that at. because you are abandoning your career path in a sense. You're basically saying, I'm going to take time off. I'm going to figure it out when I come back. And this could hurt me in the long run, but you're basically abandoning your, you know, career path or anything you've kind of built up to that point. And you just, you're basically saying, I'll figure this out when I get back, but I need, I need this experience. I need to find myself. I need to travel. I I need this life experience and this is what's going to make me happy and this is going to come before you know a job or anything like that yeah i mean because i mean to put your life at, on hold especially at that age like my friend max that i know is younger than me i think he's 23 so it's like okay i get it at this age like you're you have the luxury of doing that so you have some years that you get your shit together again and you know whatever but at 28 you take a year off it's like usually your friends around that age are like they found the person they're going to be with or get engaged they get married they have kids like within five six years mm. Uh, so put your whole life on hold and kind of just travel. It's like, 
not only courageous, but it's just like, it, it's also like kind of insane in a way, but it's so worth it because no one's going to tell you you did something wrong. You're like, I, yo, you're, you're, you're living, right. man. I've like, never heard someone. It's like, oh, that idiot traveled. Yeah. Like, I've never heard someone yeah. do something like that. And it ended up being negative. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone is just like, dude, it was amazing. You just like, you just learn so much. I think it's, I think it's great. And it makes you a very interesting person as well. What do you think holds most people back from doing that? Is it money? I think I, th- I think the the people are just uneducated on how to do it, and they think it's not possible. But there is ways to like, you know, squeeze pennies together and and just be able to do stuff like that. Because especially like in a place like well, I just know this because my friend Max went there in Thailand. It's not expensive at all. Like you can get like a room for like ten dollars yeah i've heard that like if you plan accordingly yeah you you can really make it last it's a lot of work a lot of planning that goes into it and i think people also just aren't courageous enough to actually do things but i I mean even outside of traveling just uh, pretty much anything like someone's like i i can't do that like you know it's just not possible for me to make it so yeah i think it's that or it's a combination of you know that time will come like when when I get to this certain point, then I'll be able to like pack it up. When I make this amount of money, then I'll be able yeah. to travel. And, you know, as we know, that perfect timing never comes. Ever. Like you, you keep building up to this point that yeah. you think everything's going to be perfect and it's time to do something like pack it all up and travel, but it's never going to feel perfect. It's always going to feel like a risk. And, yeah, it's cool. We'll, we'll get to speak to someone who, I guess, just kind of ripped the Band-Aid off and just said, let me do this. If I don't do this now, I may never do it. Yeah, I, I need to just... I need to know the mindset. I feel like at the end of this episode, I'm going to be like, Greg, pack We're your out. shit. You guys <laughs> might leaving. not hear from us for a while. Yeah, you might not. I don't know. We pre-recorded a bunch of episodes like that, <laughs> but who knows? Uh, but yeah, let's give him a call. Hey, hey. Max, <clears throat> what's going on, man? You got Greg and Joe. What's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, so we just talked a little bit about like, you know, we gave people like kind of an idea of what you did or whatever but i kind of just wanted to like start at the very beginning and because i think something like this is something that a lot of people just like think about and they're like oh i'm gonna do that one day and they don't really do it or you know they have dreams of doing it but they're like i can't you know i got this i got that i just want to know you know while you're sitting like at your desk at work or whatever what is what is going through your head that you're like all right today's the day like i have decided now that i'm gonna do it like what was the hand on your back that kind of just pushed you like you know i'm doing this now uh, I think it's something everyone feels, to be honest with you. Uh, it, it, I don't like between the ages of like 21, 22, uh, 20, like basically the first year and a half after you start your first real job, the existential freight train, uh, like just starts to just pound you in the face or it did for me. And so it was this weird feeling that I got and it hit me really hard that is this it? Is this the rest of my life? Two week vacations here three-week vacations here, like, that kind of stuff. That, like, and just not, just totally, trans, like, just transforming my life. And it hit me like a freaking train. So that was the, like, and it actually was a physical feeling. Like, I stopped in my steps, and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is the rest of your life. And uh, that really was just a tough realization to, for someone who likes me, who likes to travel and see places, that was really tough. So, yeah. Wow. The existential freight train. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off hot with that. <laughs> can, you, um, can you give people some context of, I guess, you know, before you kind of decide to 
pack it all up and travel, what, what your life did look like, you know, what, what was the day to day, what kind of job were you working in all that? Yeah, I, I mean, I was in San Francisco from 2015, late to, yeah, early 2015 to, or late 2014 through early 2017, AKA the giant bubble that is occurring in the, again, startup and tech space. That's still going, but the just and everyone and anyone who came out of college on the West Coast went to San Francisco because that's where all the jobs were that were actually really good. And um, so I was living a freaking good life, man. I was uh, I was doing a I was doing a uh, software sales job. I was uh, making uh, good enough money to pay rent and be able to pretty much do whatever I I'd wanted. Uh, not excess, but I was able to go to any concert I wanted to, go out every single night I wanted to, buy as many drinks as I wanted to, that kind of thing. It sounds great. I was going to music festivals here, did, you know, everything. Um, and uh, But it was really cool. It was just an interesting time to be in San Francisco also with just so much growth going on. Uh, I thought like that was also pretty interesting. Um, but, yeah, I was working a normal tech job, making a bunch of money and partying a lot on the weekends. And, and I realized I was like, dude, this can't be the whole, this can't be the rest of your life. This can't be, this isn't going to be what I'm doing for 10 years. Like just without travel or without any stops. Uh, that's kind of how those two played together was I was just, I, it was a really good life, but it, it eventually becomes hollow. Right. Well, so, that that's crazy because that's a dream for so many people. Everything you just described to live in a city like that, to kind of be in that industry, in that like tech space, I guess you could say, is a dream for so many people. But I guess a lot of people can get sucked into dreams like that and then almost realize too late, like, hey, as cool as this is, as, you know, trendy and new and, you know, as as good as these uh, opportunities might be, you know, this is still a routine. This is still still a day job. This is still something that, you know, I can get trapped in essentially. Um, but that's crazy that you were able to realize that. I guess being so young. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally like see the, I mean, I was freaking blessed, man. Like it, it was awesome. It was a good time and I had amazing friends, but uh, to not be able to say that I hadn't really just gone out on my own and, and done something with my life. That is not career advancement because that was obviously going to be the rest of my life anyways. And so I'm like, dude, I, I got to do something first. I, I got to do something really cool. And to me, like, the the backpacking trip through Europe just didn't I didn't I never did it and I it just didn't get it done for me I was not interested in you know that type of travel or going to Europe or going to Southeast Asia and just raging for you know and calling it an adventure you know when you ride an elephant and take an Instagram picture that just it sucks <laughs> and like uh, I just I wanted to do something epic and I like because I knew I just had the rest of my life in front of me to sit at my sit at the desk and do what I was planning was what I was already doing. So that kind of took over. So what kind of traveling were you like interested in and, and how did you go about kind of planning that? Because I think another thing that people like a, a wall they run into is like, I would like to do that, but I have no idea how to do that. So were you doing like research or did you kind of already have some idea of like how to go about this? Yeah. So it, uh, I was always kind of just a nature geek, uh, in college, just late in college. I, you know, instead of spring break in Cabo, I was going to spring break in the mountains and, or, like I was, uh, I started backpacking and, um, you know, I obviously had no idea what I was doing at first, but never made fa- mistakes that ended up being fatal, which is a good thing. Uh, but I mean, really just, I wanted to live outside. I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew that was my type of travel. I wanted to live outside and I want to be on wheels somehow. 
So uh, I guess the uh, the story behind that is uh, I randomly just got really into vans. I mean, overland travel and vans specifically. Uh, like I'm that weird dude who could tell a van make and model and year uh, by the headlights. Uh, I just know so, hippie vans. Know. That's the only thing. Yeah, I don't know. Shit about <laughs> <hippie> right. <laughs> The beat the beat up bugs, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you see that, you know it's a hipster on wheels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you got um, into yeah, so vans. Really, yeah, and uh, vans and van camping, and um, you know, I'd always done like car travel and then backpacking, but doing something like van camping, uh, I just never done it growing up. So. So what yeah. about this? I mean, so like you said, you, you didn't kind of want to take that, I guess you could say typical trip to, you know, like Southeast Asia or backpacking across Europe. Um, so van, you want to be on wheels. You obviously want to stay in the country and, and kind of travel. I guess what, what did you think that would satisfy for you? You know, you talk about kind of that immediate existential crisis when you start working. Uh, what did you think a trip like this could, I guess, help or, you know, what, what craving would it satisfy? Um, the ability to cover a lot of ground and be pretty self-sufficient in terms of like, uh, I can live anywhere. I can move on a dime. Um, that was kind of the advantages of being in a van and also like I could carry all of my gear with me. So all the things I'd wanted to do, um, and all the things I'd put on my list going through college of like, you know, going backpacking in Utah for months at a time uh, and then being able to drive down the, uh, to Mexico like that, you know, just seeing uh, people, you know, do that. And that was the uh, really just the inspiration for it was just being able to keep going to these different places and do all these different things that I wanted to do, such as like rock climbing and backpacking and learning to surf and doing all this other stuff. So literally just tied down like there's nothing tying you down. It's like the yeah. world is literally yours, which is, yeah. I mean that, that sense of freedom in itself is just, yeah. Oof. Yeah. You want the only restriction to be dollars because you want it. Like the only thing that holding me back was how much gas I could put into the van. Mm, right. That was literally my only limitation. And if I could, you know, keep control of the, or keep controlling like my, my spending on everything else, like, you know, you can be pretty self-sufficient on a really good dollar. You know, it wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't saving that much money um, in San Francisco, obviously due to the goddamn $1,800 rent. Jesus. But, um, you know, I was able to put away enough money where, you know, I could go into this knowing that uh, $1,000 a month was probably more than enough. Well, yeah, so let's talk about that a little. I mean, I would assume there's people that are going to be listening to this who obviously have an interest in doing this themselves, maybe mm -hmm. have kind of been planning already. Financially, how how do you set yourself up for something like this? Oh, did you have to give things up in order, you know, to save or just on paper, you know, what, what does a trip like this look like? How do you know you're going to be able to, you know, survive? How much how much does that take? You totally, I mean, you have to be really disciplined in, in your modeling and in your forecasting and, and it also in yourself and your spending. Um, like it took a lot, uh, it took a lot of planning, a lot of budgeting, especially on the front side, like, um, being able to save as much as possible my, by first of all, getting a second stream of income, whether how big or how small it is, but using your, your spare time to kind of make money. 
Um, that helped uh, being in such an expensive city. And then, um, you know, uh, yeah, just being able to control things on entertainment and food. I mean, that kind of thing. So did Bring you laugh to a bar instead of a drink, buy a drink. <laughs> <laughs> did you know going into it, like in, you know, this month, I'm only going to spend X amount on gas, X amount on food. Like, did you have those parameters that you were able to kind of stay within while you were traveling? Yeah, actually, like I'm a, like a little bit of a, a numbers guy. Uh, so I could even get it down to how many miles I could, I feel I could figure out how, like, uh, how much a mile was costing me basically. Hmm. And then I could just plan out a lot of my travel like that. But then a lot of the times you get to a place and you want to say, screw it. So, you know, sometimes it, it <laughs> like, sometimes you, it's got to have some, some budge, you know? Uh, I mean, to be honest, my trip was uh, cut short because I could just like the cost of moving and maintaining the van was so much more than I had originally expected that I actually have to cut my trips sh- uh, short. So I'm not, I don't want to get out, give off the idea that I was perfect, but um, that's interesting yeah. to hear. How long were you actually traveling, and what, how long were you planning on traveling? Uh, traveling six months, and then I planned. I planned on traveling a year. I planned on traveling from, um, like, like, you know, basically from like November all the way through the end of the following summer. Um, <laughs> but I just did not realize how. First of all, I didn't realize how far some places were and how much driving I was doing. And then also, I didn't realize, and I just realized my savings weren't going to be able to cover me you know, basically driving across, totally across the continent. Um, Because nobody really thinks about how big Canada and Alaska are. Like, you could drive for days and really not make it anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Like, you could literally drive for uh, five days, 60 miles an hour all day, five days in a row, and then just make it to your destination. It's crazy. Huh. All right, so... This is cool. I feel like we're like preparing for the trip. Like I feel like we're packing right now <laughs> and we're about to get into this van. I almost feel like we're planning to like rob a bank or something. So we got the preparation. You've made this, you've made this decision. Um, how do you break that news to, you know, your family, Wait, friends? I think I, should, I think I should actually go back to the preparation thing mm-hmm. also because there is a lot of literature on the internet on fans and stuff. It wasn't as trendy as it was now back in 2014, but uh, there's a ve- it was a very vibrant van van community on Reddit and Instagram, and the amount of people trading tips and, and stories and pictures and photos, and and also just personal help is astounding, and so you can just pretty much plan everything down to how to build the drapes on your van if you want one. You know, how are you going to, how are you, how are you going to build this thing? How are you going to, like, how are you going to go from having a uh, piece of garbage uh, transport van to having a home? Um, And it's all, it's, there's so, there's so many ways you can do it. And there's so, like, you can do it super bare bones. You can do it, you know, super nice. And it was just a really interesting community to, to, to become part of almost. Um, Yeah, no, that, that's interesting. I mean, there's no you know, there's, there's not like a roadmap you can necessarily pick up for a trip like this, but that, that makes sense. Kind of finding those communities of, you know, the, the people who have done it before kind of sharing their experiences and, you know, using that to kind of, you know, set, set some parameters and 
the, your van, I have to say, is like, I, I haven't seen it in person. I've seen pictures. Like, this thing's a beast. Like, I don't want anyone out there thinking this is like picking yeah, right. the kids up at soccer practice. Yeah, like, this could drive I showed over Joe a, a picture. Cars. Yeah, this is, this thing's like, it's like a monster truck van. It's insane. So, it, it's the A team van. The A team like, van, yeah. Seen, it's like, it's a, it's, it's a 4x4, or it's a, a 1984 Dodge B250. Extended, so it's a little bit longer than the normal van, and it also is rare, has a 12-inch lift with 33-inch tires. Um, and this had everything had like you needed, up. like ha- like what's what's inside of the van? Yeah, that was another thing I was going to ask. Like, what what stuff did you pack? That's like you know, how did you shower? How did you eat? How did you you know do any of these things? Yeah, so um, I got the the story how I got the van. Make a note. We have to talk about that because that was that shit was crazy. Uh, but the way I got the van was a, a basically a trans, like a small transport van, or I mean, obviously a large transport van. Um, it was, it was a guy who was also using it camping and, uh, he had it just set up basically where he can make a giant bed out of the back, which was cool, but I wanted to make mine like a, a small home, like a mini yacht, basically. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a land yacht. Uh, and so, uh, I brought it back and I had basically just horned it down to a metal box and, and then i started just building it back up with like the things i wanted so what kind of what kind of stuffs were like necessities that you know anyone who's traveling like you would need these things in order to survive out there uh, na- uh first like for me navigation was uh, something that was important um i thought it was overkill and uh like me i got a i got one of those fancy little things that come out of your chair and hold the ipad my mom had an old iPad Gen 1 that I used, and I put a lot of navigation stuff on. And who would have who thought that the, like, that the iPad 1 was such like a powerful GPS and it could do so much because it was perfect. Um, obviously, the most important thing is the bed. You want to – having a nice, like, well-made bed that could store things under it was super, super crucial. Um, I wanted to have a shower wasn't necessary but we got we we set one up we had a a camp shower called the big kahuna it's like this small dude out in the midwest making these uh, and they're really good they're really good thing uh really good like tanks and they have like a great uh, nozzle um i totally recommend that uh and then yeah just like other things like places to store clothes places to put my shit put places to put all my toys um and all that stuff so so where are you like how does the shower work? Like, where's the water coming from? Like, where are you going to the bathroom? Like, where are all these things happening? Uh, so when you need to take a shit, if you're in the middle of nowhere, you're shitting in a hole. Nice. But, you know, but if you, that's only if you're in the middle of nowhere. There's like, uh, you know, if you're in national parks, there's obviously bathrooms everywhere. Um, if you're in, like, you're on a trail or somewhere, sometimes there's, like, or you're out in, uh, like, a national, uh, uh, national forest or something like that, there's, you know, pit toilets and things like that. Um, showering was really actually a surprise because um, up up into the point where it got too cold, we were using the camp shower. Um, but eventually it got too cold to use it because it was too cold to shower outside. But we were in all these travel places that will sell showers. I mean, you'll, you can buy showers at small motels, uh, some uh, campgrounds sell them and they're, and they're actually very clean. So showering was such a big concern for every, all of my friends and all the, everyone I asked pretty much, how do you shower? And it's like, that was actually not a big concern. It was actually very easy. Hmm. 
So when you say they sell showers, they're like, well, you know, five bucks and you could use our shower, basically? Exactly. It's like uh, even less. It's usually huh. between two and four. Uh, four is a lot. I don't think we ever paid more than three. And it was actually, they're, they're all really clean and well taken care of and um, plenty of soap. I mean, also, you got to mind you that I was in travel destinations. I'm in national parks. Yeah. I'm in like government land. Like I'm going places where I'm not the only dork in a van who needs a shower. Right. Huh. So what was the original path that you wanted to take? Like what was the first city you're like, I'm hitting this? And like what was kind of like the path you were planning on taking? Um I basically knew I wanted to be in northern Arizona and southern Utah for at least a month and a half. Uh I knew I wanted to be a ski bum for a month. Um I, I kind of just had a skeleton of things I wanted to do, and then I kind of filled in the spots later. Um, you know, I wanted to. I knew I wanted to kind of go to Mexico uh, when it was uh, when it was still the winter months. Uh, and then I kind of just kind of strung it together. Uh, that was kind of inspiring the past. Did you do most of the traveling by yourself, or did you like pick up some friends along the way, or how did how that go? So uh, my girlfriend actually met up with me a month into the trip. Uh, she had, uh, it was pretty crazy, uh, how this happened. We both had lost our jobs around the same time. We both got laid off. Um, and so we basically, I, like I asked her, I was like, you know, you, would you be interested? As soon as she, she kind of found out she wasn't going to have a job then I just straight up was like, dude, we should do this. This is once in a lifetime. And she's kind of a girly girl, not really a big camper, only does it because I, I, I bring her on uh, kind of thing. Um, but she was down, uh, you know, we made it worth it. Talk about testing your relationship to see <laughs> if it's strong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Living in close quarters in, in a van, van yeah. shitting in holes, <laughs> a, 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 sh- a, a six by 12 box. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. So, well, before, before we get into that, so you just mentioned, I actually didn't know you, so you ended up getting laid off before the travels. Yes. Oh, I actually okay. Bought, I, I had bought the van before I even got laid off. And I was just, I, I just was just, I bought the van and I didn't, didn't know I was, didn't think I was going to get laid off, but we, uh, our company just wasn't able to raise funding. And so they started hacking people. Um, so you were ready for this trip anyway. And then the layoffs happened and it was like go time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say ready. I would say going uh, going through the motions with the with the idea that it was going to be at least a year, you know, down the road. Got um, it. But I mean, yeah, you could you could definitely say that you know me getting la- laid off was by far the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. I mean, because I, I was freaking out. Uh, I was like, oh my god, I just bought this van. It's not even near done. Um, I like it's gonna cost me a pretty penny, and then I just sat down. And I did the math, and it, I like I was like, oh, actually, I I can make this work, and I did. So I just instead of instead of waiting a year, like you know, I was gonna do the construction over a year or whatever, because I'm I'm flying out to Albuquerque to do this construction. This is back to the story of how I got this man. Mm. So and I, I I wanted to do it over the course of the year, and all of a sudden, like I'm like, oh my god, I got to start this now. So I did pretty much all the work in like one week or something. Uh, two weeks actually. Wow. 
and yeah okay so so, so that yeah, would have been a setback for a lot of people almost like okay well now now maybe i need to kind of restructure this plan maybe get another job save up more but you kind of use that to just propel the dream and hit the road yeah that's awesome exactly yeah so, i mean it, i i, I could have let it i could have totally gone the other way like you said i could have just been like all right let me get another job and save up more money and but I thought about it and realistically, I probably wouldn't do it. You know, I wouldn't be able to quit, you know, or, or whatever life would catch up with me. So I just realized I got to do this now. Hmm. That's awesome. So you get in the van, you're traveling, you're going. Well, how do you tell people? That's the thing. What? Like, like I, I'm going, I'm traveling. Yeah. Like your family, your friends, your girlfriend, who's <laughs> like, like, cause you obviously had a girlfriend before you said she wasn't like yeah. camping and stuff like you were. How do you convince the people in your life, like one, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to go do this, like see you in a year. And then two, how do you convince your girlfriend to join you like midway through? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So the main, the main, uh, uh, I mean, it really just was my, yeah, it was my girlfriend and my mom basically are the two people who I'm like, all right, I got to get this. The only to. two people um, you ever need to please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they just didn't believe me. They just didn't believe that I would buy it. They didn't believe that I would do it. Uh, and then I did, I bought the damn band and, uh, they were like, Oh my God. <laughs> uh, and my mom was kind of freaking out in the beginning, uh, before I bought it, she's like, Max, please don't. And, um, and then I just said, screw it. And I did it. But then once she saw how stoked I was and how in love with this van and this project I was, then she got behind it, you know, then she turned into proud mom. Like, and, uh, and that was really cool to have her support, to be honest. Yeah. What, um, yeah. what, I'm curious, like, uh, what was your favorite place that you traveled to? Like, is there a place where you're like, ah, I don't know how this is going to be. And then you end up staying there for a month. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, uh, my favorite place I traveled to was, uh, this place, small spot in, uh, Southern, U- uh, Southern Utah, Northern Arizona called the Vermilion Cliffs National Monument. That was probably my favorite. But really, all of northern Utah, southern, uh, I mean, northern Arizona and southern Utah is just a fairy tale land. It, it's, it's one of the most geologically unique places on Earth. And there's so much to explore because it's such a large place. So I could talk about that place forever. This is I insane. We're looking at pictures right now. It's like you just you don't even realize the geography out there. This looks like the inside of a jawbreaker. Yeah, how does the earth it. look like that? That's insane. Are you, what are you looking at? The uh, Vermilion Cliffs National National oh. Monument, I think it says. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I, I can show you some pictures from, uh, from my blog. Like they are just kind of crazy. Uh, the way the rocks, the way erosion works out there between the wind and the water, it really, uh, uh, just make the sandstone look weird. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just the sandstone just goes into these crazy formations and the colors change and the shapes get weird and it's all over the place. And the Grand Canyon is part of this, mm. this whole thing, this whole deal. Um, so yeah. I imagine you're just constantly wowed also. I mean, like you said, you know, just the formations changing like state to state, region to region. Um, were you just shocked by, you know, how different some of these places were? Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, being in pretty much all the deserts across the Southwest 
And, you know, it's hard to, some people just aren't into deserts because they are so bare looking. Um, but once you really kind of start to take notes of the differences of them, it's, it's, I, I, I enjoy it a lot. But Utah is a different type of beast just because there's so much variety in terms of colors and style and formation, things like that. So for anyone who loves rocks or loves nature in general or just like being wowed, Utah is just another planet. Wow. I've heard good things about Utah, too. My buddy traveled there. He's like, dude, it's just it's unreal. It's completely different, especially because, I mean, coming from the city that we live in, I can imagine, like, a place like, you know, the Vermilion Cliffs National Monument is just, like, it blows you away. Because I'm looking at pictures of this. I'm like, yeah. how is this even – like, I don't. I feel like I would just burst into tears if I went out there. I haven't seen anything, like, <laughs> remotely close to that. I like – well, you recently went to Colorado, right? Yeah, I went yeah. to Colorado. So I, I did a Colorado trip, like, hiking the Rockies. That's, like, probably the coolest story I have, which is, like, pretty basic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but even that, like, just – it's it's insane. It's just it's so different. And I mean, you're you know you're from a city as well. Um, wow, that's nuts. What? Yeah, um, no, no, go ahead. Uh, I know. I was just gonna say, uh, for for most people, they'll go to Utah and they'll go to Zion and they'll go to Bryce, which are two really popular national parks. And the cool thing about like getting out of those places that I urge a lot of people to do when they're traveling, especially in this region, uh, to experience the solitude. Like there's to be able to experience like real rural counties where there's really no one there except these massive ranches. And, um, but it's in like, you know, a totally different place, you know, a place like this where the sand is red and um, like that whole thing. Uh, It's just an interesting landscape. So how, yeah, that was one of my questions is like, what's the most kind of off the grid you went? Because I can't even imagine that feeling of solitude and it's so hard to find spaces where you're just truly alone. And like this story is going to sound corny compared to your stories, but (laughs) I like, I went camping a couple of weeks ago. It was in Jersey. So that doesn't sound like exciting, but like it was (laughs) like a very wooded area, like went on some hikes, um, where like. I was just like alone for the first time in so long. Just yeah. like, you Away know, you look everything. off as far as you can and like, there's no one else here. And like, it's so cool to find those little pockets of solitude. We were driving at night and you just stop in the street and just shut all the lights off. And it's like, wow, this is like what darkness actually looks like. Like I haven't seen pure darkness in so long. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine what those moments are like when you are alone in a van, like parked in the middle of, I don't even know where, somewhere in the middle of the country. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No cell phone service. There's not a lot of people. Uh, it, I mean, two most remote places I was in, uh, were one, uh, a couple parts of Utah and, uh, then in Baja, Mexico. Uh, I drove to uh, backstory as I drove, um, after the new year, uh, we, we drove, we spent, uh, my girlfriend and I spent two months in, driving to Cabo San Lucas and back from LA. It's about, um, it's the same distance as LA to Seattle. So okay. it's pretty freaking far. Yeah. Uh, except, um, yeah. So that, and I think in Utah, it was probably also like I was saying in the Vermilion cliffs, you know, I, I, you would go 40 miles down a dirt road. Um, I mean, it takes you two and a half hours to go, you know, not that far of distance cause it's so damn like moundy and, that kind of stuff. Obviously, this stuff you can't do in a normal car. You have to do in a four-wheel drive with lift. 
But still, to be able to get that far deep into the backcountry, and then that, yeah, like you were saying, those freaking skies are beautiful. It's kind of crazy. Stars everywhere. I can't and imagine. Some, a lot of, yeah, a lot of city people don't see. Is there any fear in the, in these moments? Just kind of being alone, knowing that, you know, what if what if something did go wrong? Fucking like... coyote comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. I mean, there was a little bit of heebie-jeebies that you get. Uh, but, like, why are you even thinking about it? That's like, I, I, I wouldn't even, it would cross my mind, and then it would just be so ridiculous. Mostly because I didn't see anything during the day. Like, seeing something at night, it just seems just as unlikely. That's probably a horrible way to look at it, but that's <laughs> <what> I thought. <laughs> oh, my mind would be going crazy. I'd be in the van like, all right, the mountain people are coming out now. Like, yeah, right. The weird inset- <laughs> I'm getting decapitated out here. It's happening. Uh, no, I mean, the, uh, the, the scariest part is definitely mechanical failure. It's like obviously a breakdown or some sort that you can't start the van or you can't move it. And that, that, that actually happened super deep in the backcountry. I've told Greg this story. Um, the, like I was, I was at this place called Coyote Butte South, which is a deep in the same place where the wave is. This is also this part of, uh, Northern Arizona, Southern Utah. And, and the reason I say both Northern Arizona and Southern Utah, it's literally because it's both. It splits the line. It like, it splits the state and you're kind of just hopping back and forth both states and you don't even really know it. Like a one minute your my watch would be one time and one time uh, and I move like for an hour and then it'd be an hour ahead because I jumped over the, the border. Huh. Wow. It's kind of crazy. This also looks like Mars um, looking at these photos. That's, it's insane. <laughs> it's like a yeah. different planet. Everyone has to Google <laughs> totally these, these locations. It's nuts. Uh, it's totally Martian. It really is. Um, but yeah, I was out in this spot and um, I was on, I think I took psychedelics that day because it was such a good day of hiking. So just a little bit. Uh, and, <laughs> and I was, uh, exploring and I get back to the van and the steering is blown out. So I'm freaking, you know, 35 miles down a dirt road on these crazy roads with no real means with like, without my steering, I'm like, God oh, damn, I'm screwed. Um, and I tried to do a few fixes. It turns out I just had a really bad leak in the front part, uh, in, in steering box. But I had to, I just had to wrestle with the steering wheel and get the van out of there. But that was really, you know, one of the dicier situations. It's like, it's something like that, like when something breaks down. Did, did you panic in that situation or you just, oh, you hell kept yeah. It? <laughs> I freaked out. <laughs> oh, I freaked out. Um, yeah, I, I was like, I was not, you know, I was not thrilled. Another, I mean, something similar happened when I was with Lexi and we're deep, deep in the backcountry of this really remote park. Um, and so, you know, we might see like only one person a day uh, and the, the car wouldn't start and I'm freaking out. Thankfully, it wasn't a big deal. It was actually just my, my, some of the wires had come loose on the battery. Um, so thankfully it was something easy, but yeah, that freaked me out. Uh, there's definitely a sense of panic when, when that comes down. I can't even imagine. Like, what do you, what do you even do in that situation? Oh, well, my, mind you, it's really, really bad or <laughs> <laughs> I, I have it. I have a satellite texture, basically. It's called a Delorme inReach, and this is something I, you know, I I picked up when I was backpacking because my mom and girlfriend were not okay with me going into the backcountry <laughs> on foot without any means of communication. So this thing is just something that uh, you basically can text anywhere that you see the sky. Interesting. So. Huh. 
Yeah, it's satellite. It costs a subscription, but obviously it's totally worth it. So God forbid I can't actually get that thing started uh, in that location. Worst case scenario is I can send my coordinates to my to like someone uh, with service. They can call someone in for me. Wow. Uh, and like just say where I am. So that, that that's totally possible. And even in a place like Mexico, I know that's not a great option, but it's still better than nothing. No, yeah. totally. That seems like something like the first thing I would get. Yeah, like, I, I get like ten of those. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm getting this one and a backup yeah, okay. just in case. Have them on both wrists, my <laughs> ankles. Like. You see, and the thing is, a lot of people in the outdoor like hobbies, ho- outdoor circles, a lot of people are they don't want to have it. They don't want to have that security blanket because they see it's it like as a cheat code. Exactly, exactly. And I was actually reading one of these older guys' blogs. He's like in his 70s or 80s. And basically what he said, he's like, I always carry it now just because one of the Coast Guard was like, it's pretty selfish if you don't carry something like that because of other people that have to risk their lives to go and get you. Uh, okay. So that makes I think sense. now people are starting to ch- change their tune. Not only that, I also think that you're helpful to other people that may be in trouble and don't have means of communication. Oh, good point. You could help, like, yeah, hey, I totally. got a phone. I got a phone. Yeah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> what? Um. Yeah. It's no. It's just. It's crazy to me. Like, even just, like, even with a device like that, like, I'm sure I would have a hard time using it. Like, coordinate. Like, the last time I went food shopping, my girlfriend literally had to draw a map of Trader <laughs> Joe's. Like two scale almost like <laughs> aisles like where here's where the chips I'll be are. Honest, here's that where is this is one of the most pathetic things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> That's terrible. And I still had to bring a friend with me <laughs> to to walk through. You call her back like, wait, where's the cabbage? Yeah. I have no idea. Um, so I I just I yeah I would not trust myself. And uh, yeah, how the hell do you know where you are? Like, what do you, how do you know your coordinates? Um, a number of ways. Uh, you, the phone, you can, uh, if I'm on that Delorme inReach, I can, um, it'll tell me, like, I, it, there's like a part where it'll just tell you where you, exactly where you are. Oh, okay. I also have myself, I also have on my cell phone, on my iPhone, um, a, a topographical map. So it's basically just a really, really detailed map. And it also has my location on it. And the location is really, really specific. So I could use both of them to, you know, tell someone exactly where I am either one okay also i had a question about like you know what like what kind of food are you eating like did you pack like some bars and like non-perishable stuff or like were you cooking trail mix bro that's what it was invented for i mean uh no really a good good question is we the okay i probably forgot about this when i was talking about my necessities for the van i had a solar system set up uh i had two solar panels on the roof and i was powering a fridge Oh, wow. And the frit, yeah. So I was able to have cold beer anywhere on earth, <laughs> anywhere on the planet. <laughs> cold, uh, just imagine being able to come back from any hike and there's a cold beer waiting for you at the end. I it's love like how this is the first thing you said. Like, not like, yo, we had water. It was like, bro, I had beers and they were freezing. Okay, it was great. Uh, it's like, because it, every, every hiker knows all you want is a, all you want is a cold beer at the end of the, at the end of the long walk. Yeah. And so that was, and all, but also being able to, um, uh, like have fresh food, go to the supermarket and, and be able to like, buy like fresh ingredients where that I can pretty much, I was eating very well, actually. I was eating like I would uh, actually, because I was living with my girlfriend, I was eating better than I had actually in, ever in my life because she 
was cooking a lot of vegetables and things like that. Um, you know, we had a small, um, we had a small Coleman stove that we would uh, cook with. We had pretty much a whole kitchen set up between all the utensils and dishes uh, and, and, and pans and things like that. And then I also had, you know, place to store dry food and then obviously the fridge. So I was able to, you know, cook quite a bit. It's a solid setup. Yeah. Nice. I, I want to go back to, and this might be a loaded question, but oh God. just, you know, in those moments where I would just imagine like, you know, after a day of hiking or just kind of finding the spot to camp out in the van, like no one around you, maybe you haven't seen anyone all day. I mean, what, like, what do you learn about yourself in those situations? Or, or did you get from this trip what you kind of hoped for before, you know, you embarked on it? So, you know, you know, everyone kind of like assumes that that it's kind of like this epiphany, like all of a sudden you're a smarter person because you know more about yourself, but it's totally not like that. And that is something like I realized pretty quickly, like um, the learnings of this uh, trip are probably going to come in hindsight. And just because in the moment you're kind of just doing um, and they just don't come, you know, you like you'll you'll read books and get inspirations and you'll, you know, you'll have different ideas. But what you have when you're talking about learning about yourself, it's the decisions you make afterwards Mm -hmm. that kind of will show what you did learn. And for me personally, I learned what I wanted in a a professional career. I learned what I what's important about, you know, what's important to me. And then I, you know, decided, okay, I'm going to go, you know, full on trying to make make that happen. No, that, that, that's a fantastic answer. I, I love that. And I was, I was kind of hoping that, you know, would be your answer too, because I think that's something I've realized too. I think even as I get older is sometimes you put so much emphasis on, you know, certain situations where you almost set the expectations or standards too high. Like I need to have this epiphany right now. Like I'm going to find this big answer to a life question if, you know, I'm in a van with like staring up at the stars, but it's, that's, you can't force things like that. And, and like you said, it's, it's almost more about just being in that moment, taking it all in, making sure that, you know, you are experiencing everything fully. And like you said, those, uh, I guess those lessons kind of come in, in hindsight sometimes. Exactly. Like you just like, I'm like out there, you're just focused on doing, you know, you're, you're focused on, you know, going and seeing, you know, kind of just the plan, whatever you guys are doing, whatever you're seeing and surviving. uh, And so, yeah. And, and, and making sure there's, enough food and water to not die that's that's (laughs) totally true now um part part two of that question is what do you learn about your relationship when you're with someone (laughs) else because that is intense uh very um so before i had left on the trip um the biggest concern for me was uh uh, the impact it was going to have on me professionally in my career right and that's probably pretty reasonable for anyone who, you know, is a young professional right now is how would it affect a career? But I was taking a hike with some uh, friends of mine who are, you know, in their early, younger, early forties, guys that have kind of been around the block, that kind of thing. And all of them unanimously told me it wasn't going to matter at all. It's just matter. It looks like it's going to matter right now. They said the big thing to worry about was my relationship because this is a massive thing to do with someone that you're, not married to kind of thing. They're like, you know, you don't, you, this is going to be important to you guys in your future. So they had really put it into perspective that, you know, 
like if I was going to learn something about myself, it, it, it definitely would involve probably something with, with my girlfriend at the time, Lexi. Yeah. I mean, that was like a big, big thing to do. I mean, it, it was kind of cool though. Like <laughs> I like how you're just like, dude, I'm going to do this and like, fuck it. Cause I think a lot of people also would kind of, you know, their relationship would also be one of the factors that would kind of hold them back. Like, Oh, what would I do about this though? And it's like, dude, I gotta, I gotta live my life. But if you want to come through, you could come through, you know, and uh, so that, that ended up working yeah. out, I guess. And she came through. That's crazy. Yeah, no, she did. I mean, it's like that's that's awesome. That says a lot about her, you know. To be, you know, and it meant a lot to me. It really did. Uh, I think it pushed our relationship forward a lot. I know she grew a lot as a person. Um, totally, and, and and we we haven't had any proposals on the show yet, but I mean, feel you know. Feel free. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, this, uh, she is, uh, I can't really emphasize enough how she just wasn't a nature person. Like to her, like she was not a big hiker at all. Like when we were planning, prepping for this thing, she cried on a hike up a three mile mountain or a two mile mountain. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, this ain't going to go well. But she still did it. Wow. <laughs> but she did it. You know, she did it and she like got good at it. And obviously being a female is probably a lot harder um, out in the middle of nowhere than it is for a male. Like I can pee anywhere. She can't. Right. And, you know, and for her to get used to that, like, I mean, look, there's nothing like chivalry. There's no chivalry like someone digging your pee hole for you so you don't have to do it. <laughs> like. Like, I mean, she, she, every, like, you know, she's got to dig a pee hole, like, uh, in it before she goes, uh, before she goes to sleep. Cause she doesn't want to have to do it at fucking three in the morning when it's cold and stuff. So I would obviously go and have to do it. <laughs> you are a gentleman, sir. Wow. That's, yeah. that's when you but know, I mean, no, it's, that's when, when you someone know. digs your pee hole. <laughs> that's great. Romance, ro- romance, like nowhere else. Also, I mean, just being able to have someone else to do the dance with. Like to be able to have, uh, like basically everything is a routine and it's because the bands are such small places. You kind of have these little dances that you do. I didn't realize how involved she was with, for instance, with cooking, like, or how I, I couldn't do it without her anymore. Um, uh, but uh, until after she left and, um, you know, I realized, damn, like I don't have my, my dancing partner. Yeah. And yeah, she's really used to it. So, I'm assuming, are you planning on doing some more traveling? Are you going to take this van out for another spin? Absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it, it's my long-term goal to take another trip a year instead of six months. I'd like to drive from L.A. to the uh, tip of Argentina, to Ushuaia. It's the tip of South America. Wow. So I'd pretty much like to do the second half of the Pan, Amer- uh, Pan American Trail, um, the Pan, Man- Pan American Highway. Uh, I'd like to do that over the course of the year with the same van. And that's, I kind of scheduled, not scheduled, but I've, my goal is to be able to do it within the next seven or eight years. And so I'm really trying to set up my, my personal and professional life, you know, to, you know, include that, you know, it's a long-term goal, but I'm really trying to do. Right. Are you essentially kind of the decisions you make now? Are, are you almost designing your life around the fact that, you know, you want to be able to take years off at a, or a year off at a time and, and continue this travel? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I, I work in, I, right now I work in commercial real estate 
um, basically uh, buying and selling property. And it's a job that is pretty fully autonomous because uh, there's no salary, it's commission only. But it's definitely something you can make a career uh, where you are in total control of your schedule. Totally. And that is, that is very important to me after having done this trip. I want to be able to take as many trips as I want, and I want to do when I want. And uh, when I'm, you know, as my career progresses, I want to be able to maintain the amount of uh, responsibility for that I can do this type of thing, take a year off or go travel for extended amounts of time. No, absolutely. And, you know, we, we do have to, to wrap up in a few. I guess one of my biggest questions for you is just being someone who, you know, was able to do this because like, like we kind of started the show by saying it's, you know, it's a pretty universal desire, I think, to, to be able to take control of your life in that way, um, to kind of find that sort of freedom. Uh, what, I mean, what do you think it, it is about you that kind of allowed you to, to get to that point in your life where you're comfortable making such a big decision? Um, is it like, was it something from childhood? Is it just like, was it just always in you? What do you mean? I mean, do you mean like what type of person would it require? Well, I guess, yeah, just, just for you personally, like how, you know, what, was it hard to kind of find that within yourself and, and be able to pull the trigger and, and make that move? Or were you just kind of always, you know, that way where, you know, you're, I guess, just kind of like decisive enough to make such, such major decisions like that, that could alter the course of your life? Uh, no, I was freaking out. Uh, I mean, straight up, I was not, um, I'm not like some person who is just like some, you know, some hippie who doesn't really care about, you know, uh, long-term goal preparation and stuff like that. Uh, I, it really was freaking out the whole time. So, uh, it was just the amount of planning and then the self-confidence that I could do it. And then being able to get over some of my fears, like realize like, you know, the fear of, uh, professionally I'm, I'm screwed getting over that. Uh, and then also being able to get over, um, just the doubt, uh, it definitely took a lot of mental power, but I'm happy I did. You know, it's, a, it's a definitely a certain type of, of confidence now, and it's also pretty freaking liberating that I can be, I know how to, I know what makes me genuinely happy. And, you know, if all else, I, I can fall back on that. You know what I mean? No, totally. Amazing. And, yeah, and, that, and that's why I ask, you know, it's your, your story is interesting because you're not, you know, it wasn't like I was raised in a van by hippie parents and we traveled the country. Like, yeah. no, it's, you know, the exact opposite. You're <laughs> literally working a job basically in, you know, Silicon Valley. And then, uh, you know, just kind of followed, you know, followed those desires. Um, amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great story. Is there anything that you kind of want to leave listeners with, uh, anyone who might be thinking of taking a similar path, um, but you know, doesn't exactly know how to kind of you know, start off and, and just get it going? Yeah. Uh, my, if you're coming here for someone to tell you to not do it or think hard about it, I'm not going to be that guy. You should freaking do it. Uh, it's who, who wouldn't want to have like a life experience, like something like this that is so, you look back on it and it's a totally transformational period. And so um, if you want to be able, uh, like the, the best thing I can, I can do is, uh, in, in terms of like actual advice is, uh, be comfortable outdoors. 
like learn to be comfortable outdoors. A lot of people are intimidated by that. And, uh, that it's just not that hard. It just seems like it. And, you know, being able to understand how different gear and different equipment works. Um, like then you spend some time by your, being okay by yourself, like go on uh, trips where you're actually solo, um, become familiar with backpacking. And once you realize that, then you're comfortable being outside. And then it's just, you know, the de- like the desire just will take over, or at least it did for me. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Um, so where can people? I mean, you mentioned a, like a blog earlier. Can you? Where can people find that? Uh, you should find me on Instagram. I have most of my pictures on there. I still post a lot of pictures from like my other travels and stuff. Uh, I'm a um, seriously amateur landscape photographer uh and yeah you can find me on instagram it's burger max b-e-r-g-e-r-m-a-x i have a blog up there that you can find the link to i'm just going to try to beat everyone to fixing it and making and fixing the typos because i really didn't care two years ago (laughs) (laughs) all right cool we really appreciate you coming on and and talking to us this is a really fun episode it's awesome Uh, this was awesome i like your guys' show and keep doing it i love it (laughs) thanks so much man. thank you man all right, guys. Have a good weekend. Take it easy. You too. Before we get to our final thoughts, uh, let's get to the sponsors here. Greg, what do we got? Guys, I'm pumped about this sponsor because I've been using their products religiously for uh, the past month or so. It's Beard Brand, and they are an awesome men's grooming company with a mission to foster confidence through grooming. So I'll be honest, for the longest time, I was curious about getting a grooming routine for myself. I was afraid to grow my beard out because I really just had no idea where to start or you know what products would be a fit for me. And luckily, finding Beard Brand made it super easy uh, through their product selection, their community, uh, online, social media to really find my own style, get the education that I needed uh, to find what works best with my body's natural chemistry. So Beard Brand offers a ton of products, not just for your beard. Uh, I've personally been using their beard oil as well as a moisturizing utility bomb, uh, which is awesome, softens your hair, breathes life into your skin. You can literally use it all over your body, uh, which is awesome especially for me when I'm kind of always in a rush and on the go. And uh, I've been using their Temple Smoke scent, which I'm literally obsessed with. Uh, If you see me throughout the day, I'm basically smelling my own beard because it smells so good. Uh, But they have a range of fragrances as well for all their products. And what's really cool is OPL listeners can go to beardbrand.com slash OPL and find out what best fits uh, your needs, your style, and you'll also get a free utility bomb with your order. And it happens automatically just by going to that link. So no promo code needed. Uh, Remember, it's beardbrand.com slash OPL. I really urge you guys to check them out. Their products are awesome. Makes a great gift as well. Our next sponsor is TiVo. Uh, This is great if you're looking for alternatives to getting ripped off by your cable company. Uh, TiVo offers amazing options for anyone looking for a better experience when it comes to live TV, streaming apps, and recording shows, whether you're a cable user or a cord cutter. They have two amazing new products called the TiVo Bolt Vox and TiVo Bolt OTA. It's live TV, DVR, and a streaming device all in one. Uh, that, that lets you access everything you love on any screen you like. Um, and you can also skip over entire commercial breaks with a tap of a button, which sounds like heaven to me. I don't know about you. Uh, you know, you can watch shows 30% faster 
with pitch corrected sound. I know for me, I'm not into commercials. I don't know who is. I would love to get through these shows quicker. I just need to get to the end here. So uh, TiVo is definitely something that I am into and something that I am proud to represent. Um, So if you're ready for a better way to watch, uh, we have good news. Uh, TiVo has put together a deal for our listeners. You can get 20% off any TiVo Bolt OTA or TiVo Bolt Vox. Just head to TiVo.com slash OPL20 and remember the promo code OPL20. Take a look and uh, see which product is best for you. And yeah, that's TiVo.com slash OPL20 with the promo code OPL20 for 20% off. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. Everyone has to go look at this van. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, the this van's, thing is the, the a van's beast. fire. The van's dope. It's a beast. It looks like a fucking. It looks like a van on monster truck wheels. So yeah. Not monster truck wheels, but like big wheels. It's a survival van. Yo, how you feeling? You got the bug. I love it. Itch? I love it. I've I've had it for a while, and like I don't know why. I, there's things to come for me. Big changes that I'm making in my life because. You don't I, travel much, do you? No, I don't. And like, you know what it is? I'm just n- never uncomfortable. And I hate that. You're never what? Uncomfortable. Oh, like you need to be uncomfortable more. Yeah, you're supposed to be uncomfortable. Your, oh, totally. You know, especially for someone like me who just like, you know, I don't work for anybody. I kind of do my own thing and self-employed. Have blah, 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 blah. You know, you, that's why I started running because running is uncomfortable and I hate doing it. And yeah. so like it adds some sort of discipline to your life. But something like this, it's like, I want to do it. But it's uncomfortable, so mm-hmm. I, so it's easy for me to be like, eh, I'll just I'll put it on the back burner. I'll do it one day. And it's like, no, dude, like go out and like do this shit. And and just hearing him talk about it and the fact that he is, I think you said twenty twenty eight. He said, I th- I think so, yeah. Uh, that's also sort of inspiring because he's older than me and he did it. And it's like you know his life's not fucking in the shitter or anything yeah. like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like he's chilling, but. Um, yeah, I like it's just it's inspiring. Like I feel like people need to disconnect more, and that's kind of what I'm in the process of. Is, okay, is disconnecting because I don't want to, I don't want to be involved in that. Like I want to do things like this. You know, hearing stories like this are inspiring, and just hearing about like little things that are just so satisfying. Like just to see how, like you said, how dark it is some mm-hmm, places. Mm-hmm. It's like something just experiencing that is like so simple it's, it's exciting and it's so simple and we just take it for granted like yeah. darkness you know what i mean yeah. and it's like but being out in being out in, in you know wooded areas and like it being so dark you're like dude this is crazy just you know change I mean? it just shifts your perspective immediately yeah. and it's just and just like, you're you floored by just, the easiest yeah. things like I, like that to me is worth more than like you know your picture getting a bunch of likes on yeah. it or just you know what i mean or just like and i just like i want to disconnect like a lot more and sort of you know, you, cause you, I don't really care. Like, I don't know why day to day you like care about it. This shit so much, like your phone and like your social media, whatever. It's like, it doesn't mean anything. And then like, you know, it doesn't mean anything. And then like things like this, like, you know, life experience and, you know, going on the road and like being self-sufficient and figuring out all these things about yourself and having to dig holes to shit in. It's like, <laughs> these are stories you can take with you for the rest of your life. And you don't, you know, you don't get to age 50 and feel like, ah fuck i wasted all those years like doing dumb shit yeah no i mean i i agree and that's that's why i try to travel as much as possible i think it's those type of experiences that just shape the person that you become and like the effects 
they're just they're so lasting like an experience like that outside of your comfort zone like you said a new experience you never thought you'd have seeing a place you never thought you'd see um experiencing a different culture being a complete outsider it it really changes the core of you it changes you know who you become how you interact with people the choices that you make going forward i also just think like the 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 de- like the decision to be like I'm doing this like this is a, a like a huge life decision and the fact that you're able to just do it and then you do it for especially for six months like that's an extended period of time and then you get back and it's like now the little decisions are so much easier like you're way right. less hesitant to like be like oh I don't know it's like yo fuck it like I did that like this is, that was I did that I got that done this is nothing exactly. you know so it, it makes you like you know I think a more like decisive person yeah and like he said then then you you know what truly makes you happy you know the experiences that you want from the rest of your life and then you kind of design your life around that i thought that was really cool it's like these decisions i make about my career about my job about my day-to-day like there's a bigger goal in mind at all times and Mm -hmm. it's i i want to still be able to have that freedom i want to be able to pick up and go when i can uh and and that's awesome i mean that's that's like that's freedom that's the closest thing to freedom we're going to get is that ability to just you know kind of be tied down by nothing for you know whatever period of time yeah Um, i can't even like uh, imagine that to be honest with you like it's just like it's hard to imagine i mean because we all fall into routines i mean even you know even when we have control over our lives even when we're doing things that we love to do yeah it's it's just so easy and like you said you just you, you kind of fall into a routine where you stay comfortable i just like i just get so worried about looking back and being like yo what the fuck was i doing man because like i don't even care you know like i just like i do obviously i do the social media thing and my job is basically that and like i just don't care but look at that from a different perspective look at that if if max who we just spoke to had the foundation you had right now and the job that you had right now yeah I mean, he would never come you back. Are, that is pure freedom. Yeah. yeah and not never, that you need to, you know, yeah. go into, into the woods and never come back. It's like, you have that opportunity. That's for right. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, that's, that's something that I've been kind of like dealing with is like, yo, you're, you're 26 years old. Like you have, you could do whatever the fuck you want to do. Why do you keep doing this shit? Like mm. you could do this forever. Like, you know, and it's kind of like what he was saying. It was resonating with me in the beginning where he was like, uh, it you that it hits you so hard and you're like oh this is it like this is the the routine that i'm in for the rest of my life and i mean kids you throw a wrench in it a little bit with the kids but like (laughs) whatever but uh for the most part it's like i just this is what i do but you can still you know you have the luxury of going out and living your life and getting life experience and learning more about yourself also and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations which you know i'm definitely starting to you know, focus on, it's just being uncomfortable, like things when I hear them and my thirst, my first thought is like, I'm good. It's like, fuck it. Let's just do it. You know? And like, I just, now I'm starting to do more of that. Not everything obviously, but it's just like things that that I don't necessarily want to do. And it's like little things even like when it's like, I don't feel like going out right now, but I didn't really do anything all day. Like I'm going out. And just like when someone's like, yo, come through, I'll be like, fuck that. Or like, it's a little too far. Like, I'm not going to Lower East Side right now. But it's like little things like that where it's like, and you go and you have a good time. And you just learn, like, that's like the baby steps of of learning that being uncomfortable sometimes is like great. Like, Mm -hmm. and you, you meet people, you learn things and like, but... This obviously is that on steroids. No, but I I do get what you're saying. And I've been there too. Like I, you know, as much as I've been lucky to 
travel a ton throughout my life and it's like it's something that I you know always do prioritize I mean even still like working on building a business and things like that like you fall into that trap and you fall into that routine and it's the way I get myself out of that is exactly like what you just said it's like say yes to the small things you can't predict what a night's going to be like, what a situation's going to be like. Anything you're thinking is just a story you're making up in your head. And it it is just kind of like saying yes a bit more or, you know, putting yourself out there. And I agree. I think that kind of opens up the door for those, those bigger things that you can do. I really do think it's like the, the uncomfortableness of things, because especially for me, like I work from home. So it's like, this is your comfort zone. And I work from here and I spend most of my time here. So it's like, Dude, you got to get the fuck out of here. And you got to like make Cabin yourself... Cabin fever is real. Yeah. And it's just like... Honestly, running, something as small as running has done wonders for me of just going out and like really trying to... Because I'm trying to run 15 miles straight. Wow. I have never in my life like ran more than three miles. 15. Where, so where do you get that from? I don't know. It's just like a round number. It's like, okay. It's 15 but miles. that's cool. I mean, so you set a big goal. Yeah. And now, and, and now just like, now I can go out and like, this is something that like, you know, people who run are like, dude, get it together. But for someone like me, I would never dream of being able to run two miles. Huh. Like I, I, first of all, I just wouldn't want to do it. And it was too hard. And like, all this. now every time I like start running, like I could do two miles and like, whatever. You know, it's, and now I'm, and now I'm starting to think like, Oh, the possibilities. Like I just started doing this. Like I could run the New York city marathon one day. Yeah. Like no part of me ever thought that <laughs> like, I was like, dude, there's no way I'm just not one of those people, but it's just something like that, that you learn about yourself. It's like, dude, just do it. Like you're very capable and you're young enough to be able to do this. Like just go fucking do it. It's not being a loser. Yeah. I think that there's that challenge aspect of it too, which is, that I think that's one of the worst things about kind of being in a comfort zone. It's like one part of it is yes, like I'm I'm in the same location constantly, but the other part is like when was the last time I really like learned something new? When was the last time I challenged myself and really yeah. had to put work towards, you know, understanding something that I didn't understand, uh, like building, you know, cardio for that example to like hit a 15 mile goal. It's, you know, I th- I feel like when you stop learning in that sense, it's just yeah you, yeah, you just lose something. You lose part of yourself. There is something also about running that, at least for me, mentally, it, it changes your mentality a bit. Because um, I always used to say, like, my, my grades weren't were the best in high school, like, during football season because your time was regimented. And it was really hard because oh, yeah. every morning you're out there and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, after school you're out there. But uh, something about running and just, like, you want to quit so bad right now. But it's, like, just keep going because, like, you know, you're – you've said you were going to hit three miles right now. So just fucking hit three miles. And like, if you're going to die, die, but we're yeah. hitting three miles. Like, and you, you know feel I mean? so good after. Yeah. And like and runner's so high exists. Like yeah, that is a natural high. It's I know. Insane. I always hit a wall from like, it's very early. Like in the first mile, like 0.4 to 0.7 is like hard as shit. And I want to quit. But then after that, I'm like, I'm gone. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm running. Catch the second wind. Feel great. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's something about running that it's just like, it just teaches you that, you know, you feel so good after you do something like that. So it's like when you wake up in the morning, it's like, all right, now I want to go out of my way to wake up and like um, actually cook breakfast, you know, or start making these meals and like going out of your way. Cause it's like you work toward, like it's, it's hard to explain like to people out loud, like just like get the right verbiage for this. But it's, 
it's just it, it makes you want to be more productive and it actually mm-hmm. adds energy like it's not one of those things that's like oh, i'm gonna work out and be so tired for the no. rest of the day like no it gets you fucking it's going and it changes your whole like mentality as far as like yo i can do this shit now you know what i mean and i want to be this kind of person and i want people to be like what you're running fucking five miles a day now like mm-hmm. what's going on and it's just it's good and it's just i mean it kind of ties into what we're talking about now but of just of, of just changing the routine yeah no things, it, t- you know? it ties in perfectly it's actually it's i think it's a super interesting jump from that conversation to this one because that it is it is changing the routine and i think it just goes to show like i think that's just a similar thought everyone has i think people are just kind of always wondering like what more can I be doing with my time? Am I, the things that I'm choosing to do and put my time towards, like, am I getting the most out of it? Are these the experiences that I want? Is it truly making me happy? I think that's something that we, I don't want to say struggle with, but it's just, you know, it's, it's something we're going to deal with our entire lives. And it's just, are you, are you doing the things that make you happy enough of the time? It can't be all the time, but are you doing it enough? Also, another thing that I'm learning about myself too is, I was confusing happiness with success, which are completely different things in my opinion. But like, as you gain success, it's like, everyone's proud of you. Everyone's happy for you. And they assume that you're happy. So you're like, I guess I'm happy then. And you're not like, you still have to do things that fulfill you as a person. So that is kind of like where I'm at now where it's like, you know, I've had success and I've, you know, I have this thing going and I'm, you know, I'm still building projects and I enjoy doing that, but I haven't fulfilled myself in years. Like at all, I haven't even tried or made an effort and it's hard, really hard to get out of uh, a routine that you've had for seven years. You know, it's like trying to quit cigarettes, cold cold turkey. It's like there's withdrawal uh, symptoms and there's just like, you know, you so badly just want to go and check your phone for something. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want to fucking be this guy anymore. You know what I mean? So I'm, I haven't done it yet, but I'm making like the you know, the baby steps getting to the point where I just want to be completely like sort of disconnected, nice. not disconnected to the point where it's like, you're never posting, you're never doing this, you're never doing that. I'm still getting my work done. I'm still like, you know, keeping, uh, you know, my pages like going or whatever, yeah, but, I'm but just work not, is in your life. Right. I am, I am using social media as a tool, but I'm not digesting it. I don't want to digest it at all. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to get my news from it. I don't want to look at what the fuck you guys are doing on Instagram. I don't care. I don't, I really don't care about it, you know? Yeah. So I don't want to digest any of it. I want to get my information how I get it. You know, talk to me then. Call me, text me, but I don't want to look at it through your Instagram. No, yeah. I did not see your fucking picture because I don't follow anybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be unfollowing everything. Like, I don't want to digest any of it in that way, at least for um, an amount of time where I can just be disconnected and live with that and kind of, and then come back and know that you can find a balance. Right. And just be able to be like, you know, I don't have to rely on this anymore. Like I know what happened last time when I was indulging in all this shit. And I just, I, you know, I, I just don't like, you know, who you don't like who you become when you, when you do that. Like I'm now I'm everything that I fucking hate. Like Hmm. starting out when social media was becoming a thing, you're like, Oh, some people are just like crazy with this. And then eventually you become that and you're like, fuck, well, here I am. And then how much worse can it get? Because technology is only going to get better and more like, and you know, whatever. But I, I feel like it was more so driving me apart from people and kind of almost not ruining relationships, but uh, just driving you apart as far as the, 
you're less inclined to hang out with your friends if you can text them all day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, but there's nothing like being with someone in person, you know, but, but having social media and be able to see what they're doing and talk to them and like do all this shit. It's like, Oh, I know everything. It's like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I want to be like, yo, I miss this dude. Like, let me go hang out. There's some friends I haven't seen in a year, bro. And they live like five blocks from me. So it's like, I just want to be like, yo, let's hang out. Like, I just miss you. Like, I haven't seen any of your pictures. I haven't seen your tweets. I haven't seen any of that. Like, let's just hang out and like catch up. Like, I want there to be more of that and less of, you know, me just fucking, you know, and, and how this ties into, to, to the, the story that Max was telling is just kind of like, you know, the sitting in the desk and kind of just getting in a routine. Like one thing, it's like, dude, let's just throw a huge wrench into this fucking thing. Just take a fucking bus on the road and just go see the world. And it's, it's, it's just great. It's great. And I feel like eventually I will get there one day where I am just out there and you can't reach me. Like I'm just gone, you know, and I'll be back, but I'll be gone. But I think that and eventually you're wearing a Patagonia shirt right now. I'm wearing so a Patagonia per- you're shirt. Ready. <laughs> no, but that's uh, yeah, and and I I like that conversation with him too because it was kind of that realistic approach of like I did prep for this. I had to save money. I had to find this van. I had to work on it. Like everyone is in different. They everyone has different circumstances. It's not like everyone can just say, all right, now's the time. I'm just leaving it all behind and going. Like not everyone can afford to do that. Not everyone you know, is in a place of life where they're able to, but it's cool that it is something you can plan for, you can work towards, you can save, like you you can kind of, you know, in a sense, even though there's never going to be that perfect time, you can, you can kind of create, you know, a right time for yourself, which is awesome. Yeah. Baby steps. One of my favorite episodes, by the way. No, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this whole thing is really just an ad for wings flip phone plan. (laughs) $12 $12 a month, disconnect. You don't need your smartphone. <laughs> Yo, I honestly uh, thought about that. No, we that. should do a campaign. We have to do a campaign for that. What, just disconnecting? Yeah, just the smartphone diet. Just get a flip phone. Yeah, man. I think I I showed you before I came in. Well, you saw the picture when I was holding the flip phone. Like, I think I'm going to get one. Yo, I swear to God, when, when uh, whoever was getting that fucking flip phone, I was really thinking about, I'm like, well, I don't want to give it up completely because I do have to do shit with right. social media like whatever but it's like but also like i would rather just people just be like yo just fucking call me and then you another, have to call that's then, another with the buttons yeah, the text is that's like, another thing where it's like i don't i don't want to pick up phone calls like just text me it's like no i don't want to talk to me bro you know what i'm saying like <laughs> call me call my flip phone i'll pick that bitch up <laughs> you know like if you text me and i don't answer it's because like, i don't have it on me it's at home like i got my flip right, phone right. like just fucking call me I'm see that might one. just just for the weekends that might be the way to do it is when you go out, take your flip phone. I love like, it. Why do you need to text? Like, my friends are here. Like, I don't need to talk to anyone right now. I don't need to look at Instagram. I don't need to look at Twitter. I'm out with my friends. Right. I this is what I'm do. doing in this moment. I, I don't, don't need to be elsewhere right now. Take my Boom. fucking I'm flip on a phone, flip bro. Phone. If, if there's an emergency, text, it'll ring. I could call. Yeah, <laughs> call me, bro. Like that. Yeah, I'm in if you're in. I'll, I'm down. We're shaking hands on it right yeah. now. Give me that flip Two phone. flip phones. If I go out to the bar, I don't have my fucking iPhone. I got a flip phone on me. Call Dude, me I, if you need me. I love it. That's it, though. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. That's the beginning of it. And then it eventually be like, toss this fucking iPhone down the drain. Oof. Yeah. I, Dude, I, I, I need so badly to do this stuff. And I hope, you know, I'm, the reason why I'm like saying it out loud is because, you know, people don't say it out loud sometimes because they are afraid that people will hold them accountable. Like, I want to be held accountable. Like, I don't want to be what I've been doing for the past like two or three years of like really just like 
indulging and just just ugh. Yeah. It's gross. I don't want to do it anymore. Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's super personal. Yeah, it is. It's, I want to just ch- I literally, I want to be a different person. Like, I literally just want to be a different person. Not that I want to be, like, I don't want to go crazy. Like, that sounds like, man, like high school teenage girl. Like, you know, I want to be a different person. But I want to just change bad habits that I have. Totally. And, and a lot of it stems from being on the phone in the social media because it is very addicting. And I just want to break the habit. The journey starts now. The journey starts now. You had, you. <laughs> A metaphor, you like you just bought your van. I just bought my van. Now you're yeah, packing it up slowly, and when you're ready, you're gonna get in that thing and go. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Joe Santagato. Uh, that's ironic. Um, and you guys can uh, follow the show. <laughs> Actually, don't follow the show. Wait, <laughs> I'm fucking it up. To the, let's not say it this episode. No, no, no. We gotta say one thing though. What? If you guys want to write into the show for uh, something that okay. uh, you mail a letter, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> send a pigeon. Yeah. Okay, no, you guys can head to oplshow.com/contact uh, to send us an email if you have something that I think works for the show, uh, something we haven't talked about before, uh, or you think it fits well for the show. Definitely uh, reach out oplshow.com/contact, and uh, yeah, we'll go through it. If it works, we'll call you, schedule us something, and then we'll uh, record it. Yeah. And that's that. No other no other mention of technology Nothing. today. Nothing. All right. We'll see you guys next time.